Okay, cool. Count me down five. Count me down, Joe. Oh, sorry. Five, <laughs> four, three, and... Hi, everyone. Welcome to Get a Word In With Me, your host, Josh Wagner, connecting with friends in different locations and vocations, discussing yesterday, today, and beyond. And today, we're taking it across the pond to jolly old England and linking up with my buddy Joe McCanta in London town. Joe, it is great to have you here today. How are you? Hello, mate. Hello, Joe. See ya. Hey, Joe, what you know? You all right, then? In London, I am. Oh, you all time. I'm so happy to have you here with me, mate. All right, so. Um, I'm doing great. No, I just thought that was a good way to kick this off. No, I'm so happy. That is the way it should always be kicked off. Anyway, <laughs> for all of my English friends viewing, I'm sorry. I, I can't have a good accent. All right, Joe, what I do, you and I have shared many dinner tables. I like to start everything off with a dinner table introduction as if no one had ever met you. And here's my dinner table introduction to Joe McCanta. He is the global head of education and mixology for Grey Goose, which means a lot of different things, including education, experience, training, brand development, strategic partnerships, uh, uh, future growth, so much more. But more than that, he's a master of the piano. He's obsessed with jazz music. He's a self-proclaimed worst dancer on planet Earth. He also says he has the worst dad jokes. I would love to compete with you any day of the week, Joe. We also both have two made up last names that people probably don't know about. True. Yeah. Yeah. And Joe was a jet setter and is still a jet setter and martini maker. And he's a dear friend. Joe, what did I miss? Um, well, I'm just the way you describe my job. I'm worried that I need to tell someone <laughs> I need to start doing a little bit more things. Uh, no. <laughs> Perfect. What a, I mean, talk about the tremendous host that you are. You just nailed it, my friend. <laughs> it's great to have you here, and I'm so grateful you took the time. Uh, obviously, a comfortable setting for you in front of your home bar, which is yes. wonderful. I've been trying. I've been toying with the light. I, the problem. So my, you know this. My husband Jay is an amazing photographer, and uh, I'm, and he always lights me, but it, he's just he's off today. So I'm trying. Jay is never off. Okay. Yeah, let's go. We, I, well, that's what I said. You know <laughs> what? You think you get a day off? Jay, we love you. Okay. So, so, real quick. So to start off, I'd like to start off with a with a story. Um, yeah. You don't know. You don't know what I'm asking, but I'm going to put you on. The last time I saw you was in in London over the New Year, and which seems like ages ago, which is crazy. Really um, long time. Yeah. I, I, I'd like to ask you, not asking a Grey Goose or Martini question to start off. I want to ask you. What's the greatest place you ever tickled the ivories? Where is the greatest place you ever played the piano? Um, I actually know exactly where. So before, when I was studying music, I was studying at USC in Los Angeles. And my summer job, which was still one of my favorite, to this day, one of the best jobs I ever had, I was a production assistant at the Hollywood Bowl for their summer programming, which was their summer jazz and world music programming. And um, I, it was Oscar Peterson was playing that night and didn't, he, he wasn't there for his own sound check. And so I was like running around and my boss was like, hey, you need to get out there, just, just play something, just the sound man's just gonna listen to you. So this is daytime, there's no, there's no audience, but I'm sitting center stage of the Hollywood Bowl, empty, 18,000 seat arena, just playing my jazz. And that was um, probably to this day. I mean, there's, yeah, there's a lot of great places, but that's one that, that's pretty special. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> you know what? There's a lot of people having concerts like that now, Joe. So Absolutely. 
Interesting, right? Crazy. I love, I love how the music industry has embraced, you know, one of the first industries to really pick up and start doing what they do and, and giving um, these concerts at home and putting concerts together, you sure. know, in such a, and, and using technology to do it in a really innovative way too, so. Very true. And we're gonna, we're gonna talk some music with you later. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna keep yeah, moving because sure. I got lots of questions for you. I wanna start off with your location. Where are you? Explain it. I see in front of the bar, but share with yeah. everybody what, 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 what's well, in your back. It's like, it's like um, <laughs> MTV uh, Cribs, right? So I'm here, I'm in front of my, my corner bar. Truth be told, we this is always just a showpiece before. We bought this like little 1920s kind of home bar. But recently, I use it like every day for for everything. You know, we're making films at the moment. Um, we're doing little cocktail hours for for people. Um, and I say we because it's Jay and I. My husband's been kind enough to to do every to to follow me around with it. It's hard in lockdown because you really can't find an excuse not to do it. I'm like, you're right there. Come on. Yeah. Um, so that's me. I've got my dog right here. That's Rosie. Um, it was my lovely house and, you know, and the piano in the corner, which, uh, you know, maybe we can, we can check out. And then this is, this is our balcony and we're right on two parks. So are you in London? I'm in East London. It's called Clapton. Yep. Um, so kind of just, you know, North, like it kind of East of Stoke Newington, but we've got the canal that's actually called the River Lee Beautiful. in front of us. Um, but the reason why I bring that up is it's been really interesting watching the shutdown happen over a very big, very public park because obviously a lot has changed and we kind of, you know, we went from the very beginning of this where a lot of people were out using the park and trying to, to kind of enjoy time together but but still not at work and and then it went to people working out and then and then it got to the point of like I've watched police have to break up groups yeah. of people. I've watched other Londoners yelling at groups of people, especially when it's warm, you know, in that park right in front of us, like battles because, uh, you know, when it's when it's nice out, everyone wants to be in the sun. It's not like Miami, you know, we, yeah. where you, get, you get sun all the time. Yeah, so, and of course, in, in, in London's luck, quarantine hits, it's the nicest weather you guys have ever had, you know? Exactly, like it is, it is so, as a former Californianer, I'm yeah. like, every day that goes by has been pristine, beautiful, sunny, Easter. Yeah. You know, we get four days off for it. We always get Friday and Monday off. Yeah. Um, and it's never great. And like Easter was gorgeous. Yeah. And no one can do anything about it. So. And the best part is, is like the Brits' humor about it is just brilliant. Like, oh, yeah. you have to follow any Brit humor about, like, it's, they're, they're, the humor coming out of quarantine and Corona of England <laughs> is like the best that there is. It, All right. It, but, they just love to moan. That's why I love the Brits. They moan so perfectly. Like, they can perfect. complain so yeah. perfectly. It's yeah. <laughs> All right, so so going forward, location-wise, you are in London, you're on a park, but let, let, let me ask, with your global role, in the past five, six weeks, how many places would you have visited if we weren't in this corona moment? Right. Um, well, so my, I was initially, I canceled a trip to Spain and France right when it kind of kicked off, so that would have yeah. been two. Then I would have been in the U.S., um, I was going to be in Denver, uh, and Los Angeles, and then Bermuda, and um, Greece, and Italy. So that's seven countries. Wow. That that's, nothing, yeah. That, that's, that's the impact. All right. So 
I want to move forward with some rapid fire questions for you. Okay. Yeah. So this is a bit nervous about Joe. now. We, now we know Joe. Now we know where Joe is. All right. We're gonna get in some rapid fire questions. I know you're gonna do great. I'm gonna start hey, off. Colin and Luisa. That's like <laughs> you know. That's that's like going head to head with Muhammad Ali for rapid Let's fire go. questions. Get know, in the know. ring, Joe. You ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Get in the ring. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's get it out of the way. Shaken or stirred? I stirred. Okay, I have to get it out of the way as well. How do you order your martini? And I want to know why. So you meant shaken or stirred in general, or just for me, right? For me, stirred. For you. For you. I, uh, yeah, I I like a wet, so I go five to one, so five parts vodka, uh, gray goose, of course, to one part vermouth. I like um, a dash of orange bitters, mm. and I'm a big fan of either like a Gibson if they've got really nice onions, or I'll do grapefruit twists, or if they don't have grapefruit, I'll go with lemon. So, okay, if I'm your bartender I'm right now. Right now, I'm your bartender, real casual. Come up, give me a little lean in and order your martini to me. Oh, okay. Good evening, sir. How are you? Wow, that's a lovely shirt. Where did you get that? You, <laughs> I flirt with all my bartenders. Sorry. Oh, I'm dressing right now. Come on. Hello, sir. Um, Good evening. How can I help you? Welcome, welcome to the bar. What can I get you? What a fine bar it is. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I'd love, I'd love an ice cold. Mm. Ice cold Grey Goose Martini, mm. um, five to one, dash of orange bitters and an onion if you've got it. I'd love a Gibson, but if you if you are the onions house made, are they you know tell me tell me about your onions. <laughs> right here for you, sir. Right here for you, Joe. I'll serve it up. Now you know how the global head of education of mixology ordered his martini. Thank you yeah, very much, yeah. Joe. Next question. Get into it. What do you think about when I say the when I say Lady Gaga? Uh, oh, well, uh, touring, <laughs> music. That's what you think uh, of? I got to tell people about Joe. Joe was in a band in a previous life called Semi-Precious Weapons that actually was the opening act for Lady Gaga for many, many years, correct? Yeah. Yes, so I actually left that band right when they really started touring. <laughs> That's why I asked you, what do you think about Lady Gaga? Oh, she, to be honest, she is fantastic. I would have toured with her to go, but the 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 old uh, band that I was in, the lead singer was my partner, yeah. uh, first ever boyfriend, and we had a massive falling out, uh, and so I didn't look back on leaving that tour, uh, and then he ended up having a massive falling out with her. So that shows you something about him, doesn't it? <laughs> I just love that you were in a band like that. That's amazing. Okay. What is a place that you long to return to? Uh, normal normalcy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Good answer. Okay. What is a place you don't want to return to? Um, fear. There you go. All right. What, what's vodka? Uh, vodka is the essence of all spirits. Every spirit starts out pretty much as as a form of vodka. Um, so I look at vodka as, as kind of the essence, the, the, the kind of incarnation of every spirit. Beautiful. What is the best concert venue on earth? Oh, I gotta go with Carnegie Hall. What is the country with the warmest hospitality? Australia. Oh. Where are you and I meeting for a cocktail anywhere on earth? Location. Oh, location. I would love to meet you in Paris at the Hemingway Bar. 
I just feel like we would do that perfectly. Perfect. I agree. <laughs> what is your perfect jam session and who is it with? Living or could they be deceased? No rules I mean, here. So, the, so my favorite jazz record of all time is uh, it's from 1964. Uh, it was it's an amazing record called The Complete Concert, but it was two, four and more uh, was the main one that, that uh, Miles Davis recorded right before uh, voters' rights were being taken from them in the state of Alabama. Wow. And he put this concert on at Lincoln Center to raise awareness. And uh, it was very last minute thrown together. Uh, it's got George Coleman on the saxophone, Herbie Hancock on the piano, yeah. a 17-year-old Tony Williams, Ron Carter on bass, um, and then Miles. And it's it's by far the most impeccable record ever created, to the to the extent of at one point during uh, everyone's super young and the and the bands playing with each other and off of each other. Miles apparently they got really pissed at each other, really upset at each other right beforehand because Miles told them all. As they were walking on stage, they weren't getting paid, yeah. and they had sold out Lincoln Center. And at one point, they're playing, and some wacko in the upper kind of like top of the arena just yells, "Yeah!" <laughs> it's like, you got to check it out. It's four <laughs> more of the complete concert. So the uh, only thing I'm missing is Joe McCanta on jazz piano. Well, no, because they had Herbie Hancock. So, so that's I just I'd love to turn his pages. So. <laughs> You know when you say that story that you say they got pissed at each other and then you had to say afterwards, angry, you've been living in London so long. Too they, long. I know it didn't mean they got drunk, they were angry. <laughs> You're talking to an American right now. <laughs> There's so many ways that you sweat your little brain when you move across, I mean, you know, you've worked uh, overseas, you lived in Tokyo, you've lived all over the place, but the, the things that you have to change. And then yeah. I'll tell you, the, the, when I first moved to London, the first day, sorry, is this messing up the rapid fire? The uh, first day I was bartending, I was kind of making chit chat and kind of a little nervous because I didn't know how the guest would would react. I bartended in New York and Istanbul and other, but London is London. Yeah. And I had these guests sitting down and I was thinking I'd be really funny. And I was like, trying, I was in shortage, so I wore these really, really tight jeans. Mm -hmm. uh, and I kept making the joke like, oh, you know, sorry, I'm trying to be cool, so my pants are really tight. I was like, my pants are so tight right now. And then finally, like, the bar back was like, dude, that means underwear. Like, you have to stop telling people that you're wearing <laughs> tight underwear. It's their trousers, you should be saying. Uh, and, yeah, you got to learn. My girlfriend wears a fanny pack, and I'll say to her that, your, your fan is open. And she's like... Oh, you know, uh, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Thing you could, it's the worst thing. I understand. Okay, we're going to keep on moving, Joe. Speaking of bartending, how do you make a Manhattan? Uh, well, perfect, or do you want just a, a regular? I, oh. I make a perfect Manhattan. So I love rye as the base. I yeah. don't do, or rye and cognac, but I'm, I'm more like a mix. Uh, I like a, I love rye uh, when I'm not drinking vodka. Yeah. And I do mine perfect, so sweet vermouth. Uh, a little bit of, of dry vermouth, a uh, couple of dashes of Angostura, and, uh, and yeah, cherry. The reason I ask is because I read an article about you that on an interview you weren't able to make a Manhattan as a young bartender. Yes. Wow. And, and you've learned and you've kept that knowledge because a lot of people don't know that you got into wine and spirits to keep your job as a musician. 
Absolutely. So I'm glad to know you retain that information. You've become the absolute professional you are. I'm going to ask you next question. What is the annual event that has been canceled that you miss the most that you won't be able to attend in the upcoming future? Globally. Um, well, I mean, there's a couple. Can I do two? Because I think from a personal standpoint, Glastonbury uh, being canceled out here, much like Coachella, you know, it, I, th those big festivals are such and the uh, antithesis of the life that we're living right now. It's people yep. coming together, you know, same thing with the Burning Man and all of that. Um, and then personally, I would say, you know, the fact that, well, they don't really know how the Academy Awards is going to happen this year, but that's that's an event that's near and dear to my heart. You know, I've done many an event there. And, and so for the Academy Awards for years, years. Yeah. Yeah. I was lucky. You guys, you guys do the fish, right? Yeah. So we did. Uh, well, we, we create different um, cocktails inspired by the movie. We yeah. always would do the Le, Le Fizz, uh, yeah. but then we'd create new cocktails that were inspired by different themes in the films every year. Yeah. Um, and that's just a great party. I mean, like, like the Vanity Fair Oscars. <laughs> like, you know, I'm talking to... It's, it's just cool to see so many people in, that the whole world watches them all the time, and then they walk into one room and they know nobody's watching. Yeah. And it's kind of cool to see that vibe i think you know and I, I i'm sure there'll be many other wonderful events to come and global events and i'm i should have probably said like i don't know there's a lot of other more worthy events but that's just for me personally those those two the music side of things and then yeah makes you feel something let's go all right i'm gonna ask you what was your last good deed oh i you know what i did a um similar uh, cocktail hour last weekend and our next, our, we have kind of neighbors on this side and neighbors on the other side who are great. Uh, one's a photographer, the other has, is kind of more of a businessman. And um, I just surprised, I, was, I had everything to make all these drinks because I was yeah. teaching people. So I just, I got kind of nice glassware and I just, I put two cocktails outside of both their doors and texted them. That's and they opened the door and it was just kind of, I mean, I didn't think much of it, but they were like, wow, this is, you know, to, to give people the kind of bar situation. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm awesome. turning off my, I'm turning off my laundry. Sorry, oh, oh, should have thought, <laughs> thought this through better, but it sounds, it sounds like a helicopter is taking off every time you're trying. No rules, <laughs> do whatever you need. Okay, next question. What is your last regret? Um, that's a tough one. Yeah. I mean, I think I, you know, I regret right now, and there's nothing we can do about it. But right now, I was um, when I was talking about going to to Italy and Greece. That was actually with my folks. Yeah. Uh, I was taking them on kind of their trip of the lifetime, uh, and you know, I mean, everyone has sad stories, but uh, what I regret most about that is not having the opportunity to spend that one on it was going to be just jay and i and, and them and we don't have you know all the time in the world with our folks so that opportunity i i definitely regret that we we couldn't have happened but uh, gosh i wouldn't want them to be look my dog's like why aren't you saying me why are you saying regret not feeding me more <laughs> you know, she literally came in right Where, yeah, I get it from. But it's it's funny you say that because I, obviously all of us are having these moments of loss, and uh, you know, but it's how we can turn those into opportunities, right? So like, 
I speak to my mother on FaceTime every afternoon at five o'clock and we share uh, a drink together every day. I have not spoken to my mother every day of my life since I lived with her as a child, you know? And be able to do that and to create new things out of things lost is, is really beautiful. Yeah. We're gonna get on to the next section, Joe. Uh, yesterday, today, and beyond, subject matters that are around your expertise that we can discuss of what we thought about them, how we think about them currently, and where we think they're going. Uh, there's so many things that you're an expert in as a global traveler, traveler, education. You've seen the world from so many different perspectives. And I'd really like to ask you, uh, because it encompasses your skill as a musician, but also your skill as a human being, um, you understand what entertainment is. Uh, you work in the entertainment business from music and personalities and education and spirits. What does entertainment mean to you now? Well, I, first off, coming from you, <laughs> the, the, the world um, guru of entertainment, that's quite, um, quite a lot to take. Um, I think what's interesting about entertainment right now is that we went from a place of, of depending on the world to kind of offer things that would entertain us. And I think both of us, maybe I can speak, maybe not, but I, I think both of us lived our lives kind of going around putting on these entertaining opportunities for guests. That's that's one of my favorite things. And now what's interesting is that people and myself included are, are now entertaining themselves and finding new ways to entertain themselves. Is It, it could be that five o'clock call with your mom, you know, um, it could be uh, hosting a Zoom cocktail party, or it could be, you know, uh, doing something completely new, playing board games, you know, getting out the cards. And I think it's interesting because I, when growing up, my folks never let us have Nintendo. I any any video game was off limits. They were right. we weren't ever allowed, and I always kind of regretted it. And so we would find new ways to entertain ourselves. Oh. I think it's a similar thing now. It's like when you take away something that's the go-to, yeah. it, op it op opens up these new opportunities to find new ways of, of entertaining, if that makes but, sense. And actually, I, I love that perspective. And I want to ask you, so when this quote unquote comes out until vaccine, when we can walk out the doors without any worry, uh, and places in the world are opening up overnight, like yeah. my buddy, nightclub in Shanghai has been open for three weeks because they have a system that works. So until we have a system that works, are people going to go out and want to be entertained more by somebody else because they've been entertained themselves so much? Or is it like, you know what? I've got more to share with the world. Like, where does entertainment go from here? Do people want to say, no more of this or get back to normal? I, I, I think it's a great question. I think what this is doing is showing people how entertaining human contact actually is weirdly. Yeah. And I'll, I'll explain that because we're at a time where we have the least amount of human contact, but we're understanding and we're cherishing the the human contact that we used to take for granted. We're talking more. We're talking more. We, I mean, God, I, you know, I'll see a friend in like the grocery store and it is like the highlight of my, oh, we're still six feet apart. I'm like, ah. Um, you know, so I think I think it makes us appreciate. I think that this time is making me. I shouldn't speak for everyone. It makes me appreciate um, human relationships so much more. And I think when we come out of it, to answer your question, entertainment will probably involve a lot more. It will just be sitting there being entertained, and and that's a whole other side of it. You know, we're also getting. Well, again, I'm talking for myself. I'm getting fed up with 
Netflix or, you know, we used to always say cool binge watch, whatever. And now I think people are just like, got it out of my system. You know, it's, I'm like that. And so all of a sudden I, we just started at our house, turning off the TV. We spend a lot more time reading these days. We, we, you know, we're, we're finding new ways of, of kind of engaging with entertainment that I think will carry over after this. I think that experiential entertainment is going to be, you know, interactive experiential entertainment is going to become a, people want to contribute more. They, they, they feel like they have more of a voice, you know, and and willing willing to get involved. I think people are going to be much more willing to jump into something, you know, as our friend Colin Appiah says, get involved with stuff because instead of just watching things, we've been watching. Now let's get involved some more, right? Hashtag get involved, bro. Hashtag get involved, bro. All right, next one for you to choose. You want to go in between work, life balance, new skills, indulgences, or travel? Ooh, um, let's go. Let's go work-life balance. Okay, work-life balance. Joe McCanta, what do you know, Joe? Um, what do? Well, I, so I think the interesting thing about work-life balance for me, um, in this job, again, well. For me, I was just going, going, going and never having a pause. And I'm talking to a lot of my fellow amazing ambassadors, a lot of my bartender friends. Same thing. It's just like your head's down, you're doing the work, you're grafting and you never take a minute. And I think what this is injecting in a lot of people, definitely myself, is is a, an awareness that I, I know for me will continue long after this of the importance of work-life balance, the importance of not having to work. And it's kind of great that it forced, I think I'm a guilt, like I'm a Roman Catholic raised guilty as sin motherfucker. And (laughs) I feel guilty about everything. And when the world is not working, you can finally like not feel guilty, not working. (laughs) So I'm hoping that makes a big difference for um, a lot of people. And I think hopefully we'll come out of this then people are exercising more a lot and i'm talking to my friends and everyone i talk to it's 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 changing the way that our kind of you know a dog eat dog mindset of work uh, was before and i hope this continues so do you find that your work life balance are you drawing a line to separate them or are, have they merged more into one because it's really interesting i think some people today are going to be like i know when to shut it off like i can my phone's not in the bedroom anymore at night. Yeah. Like, you know, is it people are getting better at work-life balance or are they getting worse? Because their work-life balance is now completely in the same place. They can't separate from it. Where do you I, think it, in the future? It's a, it's a great question. I don't know the answer. I know for me, yeah. it's um, it's definitely gotten better. Yeah. Um, and I know for some, I you know, we've, one of my best friends has a two-year-old and she's, Gosh, I, I feel for her. She's working nonstop, and then she's got her baby right there, or her little boy. And for her, I don't know what the answer would be. I think, I think everyone's gonna gonna uh, experience it slightly differently. But I think um, the one thing that we will learn from this, hopefully, is that there is more to life than just work. Yeah, and this yeah. is you know. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I think <laughs> an interesting thing is. People now have like legit house rules, you know, like, 100%. which is, I think is so cool because, you know, you, there's, you gotta have rules in your house now. 
Yeah. But people who were working remotely, digital nomads beforehand, I mean, you spent years of your life without an office. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Like now it's like, okay, we're home. This is what happens from nine to 12. This totally. is what happens. Six o'clock, this happens. Like, I think work-life balance, there'll be a lot more regimentation at home. That people yeah. who do work from home ahead of time will take the liberties a little bit differently and work differently going forward, you know? Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. And, and actually, um, I think I, I, I was watching my good friend Richie Irwin uh, talking to you the other day, and he nailed it. He couldn't have said it better, where he said it makes you rethink things that you used to travel for, or, or it makes you rethink how you work. It makes yeah. you think about working smarter and that you, you can do a whole heck of a lot without yeah. necessarily having to physically be there. And that will be really interesting to see how that manifests for people too. Awesome. All right, let's get into one more. You wanna talk about new skills? You wanna talk about indulgences? Let's, you know what? I'm picking it. You Indul pick. Indulgences. Oh. Well, uh, so I, I think what I, you know, the, the difference, the word indulgence is really interesting. And I think what's, what's interesting is what used to be an indulgent and what is an indulgent now. <laughs> and maybe what will be an indulgence in the future. I mean, an indulgence for me really was exactly what I'm doing now. Being at home for like four days in a row with the dog, making dinner, not going anywhere. That was the most luxurious, you know, getting caught up on sleep. That was luxury before. That was that was an indulgence, I think is a better way of putting it. Yeah. Um, and now indulgence is like, that moment where you run into your friend, you know, and the part like they happen, they, they're walking by at the same time and I haven't seen them for so long. And, you know, or, yeah, I mean, I, I loved reading about um, the Italians did it first, I think, but they would uh, plan to shop at the same time as a few other people just so they could get that, you know, seeing, seeing the other person, seeing what they're buying. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's an indulgence. And then I think after this, the real indulgence will be getting back out into those bars that I, you know, the great thing with a bar is it, it is it is the epitome of looking after people. It is the epitome of, you know, that's why the word hospitality exists. It's it's hugging people and welcoming, welcoming them. Yeah. Uh, even if it's not physically, that's what you do as a great operator. And um, my indulgence will be just talking face to face with people again, sitting in a bar, being able to cheers with some of our friends, making sure that some of them made it through okay, yeah. making sure that they're safe and hearing all the stories um, at the end of all this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I look forward to that future indulgence as well, very, very much. And, you know, seeing fleeting moments of that per hello, like those small yeah. connections and what it's gonna feel like to be in a, in a full room of people all sharing smiles. It's gonna be this unique moment of glowing, I think, you know, yeah. you know go going to events, I always knew an event was great, when everyone kind of was moving to the music without them knowing, and yeah. there were smells everywhere, and people didn't know why they were, yeah. like I think, you know, that 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 group feeling is going to be really awesome to have. All I right. totally agree. I, I got one more question for you. If for you to get your word and a parting message, something that you could share with with everybody listening, what is what's Joe's parting word? What's get your word in, Joe? What's Joe McCanto? Oh. Well, you know, I'll, I'll leave you with what uh, Dorothy Parker once said uh, at the round table at the Algonquin Hotel in New York City. She said, I love a martini. I'll have two at the most. If I have three, I'm under the table. Four, I'm under the host. <laughs> Cheers. You know, 
My friend. That's, that, those are her words. Um, God, parting word. All, all I, I, I want it. Well, I want to say one word, which is thank you for doing this. Um, thank. Uh, there's a lot of great, incredible, talented people that are out there that need to kind of be talking to someone like yourself and being able to watch you pull these little nuggets of wisdom. Um, it, you know, and I'm, I know I'm not the, the only one reading in the comments that this is making people's days. And, um, and I think, I think it's great. I think it's a great initiative and thank you for having me. Um, I feel very honored as your friend to be a part of this. So, you know, well done. Thank you, Joe. And, you know, it's a, a, about connections, right? And, you know, it's doing someone like you on a global basis is going to continuously share a positive message as you're going forward to share, cheer, hospitality, education, moments of entertainment, right? So, Joe, keep making music in all ways, shapes, and form. I love you. All right. We'll be connecting soon. And we got to work Thank on that theme song, my friend. Joe's we'll going to make a little piano. Dude, theme. I'll play you out. I'll play you out, shall I? Play me okay. out, Joe. Yes. This is our little. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for getting the word, but bye. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>